Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Dr. Paul is taking a much-deserved day off today as his family arrives in town. So Chris Rossini, Mr. Friday, and myself are taking over the show today. We're going to bring you a couple of uh, things that we've been watching, a couple stories we've been watching. And uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. It's great to be with you, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for coming on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, well, a couple of things we've been looking at. The first, the first thing that I've noticed, uh, Chris, uh, is the you know first of all we know the the Omicron, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Freak out, meltdown. The rest of the world, it's almost like they were just waiting for something to happen so they could blow the whistle, so they could uh, blow the panic button, uh, and they got it with Omicron. But the only problem for them is it's not delivering as they wanted. There aren't bodies in the streets, which is bizarre and uh, and horrible as it sounds is what they do want because they're thriving on the power all the petty dictators from dog catcher up to presidents uh world leaders uh, international leaders uh, but they're not getting it and one of the things that we're watching is south africa very very closely because that's where it was first identified uh, i was identified in late november but they believe it had been spreading since mid-november in the Gauteng. Uh, Gauteng province in South Africa, home of 16 million people, includes the cities of Johannesburg, which is the most populous city in South Africa, an urban center, a modern urban center, and Pretoria, the capital of the country. Uh, now, what they've experienced with the Omicron virus is a rapid spike as Omicron took over from Delta and an equally rapid decline. Uh, so, Right now, they're at the point where the RO rate is below one. So that means that infections are decreasing and people aren't infecting others at a, less, at a lower rate. And here's the big news about Omicron, despite <clears throat> what the scaremongers wanted people to think, uh, it, which is from South Africa, we're learning there are less than half of the uh, deaths from previous peaks, even at the peaks, less than half. Um, and the other thing that they don't want to talk about, uh, Chris, is that three out of four South Africans are not vaccinated. Uh, so it appears to blow through society pretty quickly. They say that the main symptoms are, get this, uh, runny nose, <laughs> sore throat, and a cough. Uh, sounds kind of like what everyone gets in December, pretty much. But that's what they're saying. Quick spike. But, you know, of course, Chris, the, um, the panickers, the professional panickers, the salesmen for Pfizer and the others aren't having any of this. And in fact, I was just watching a little clip from our favorite doctor, America's doctor, Dr. Fauci. Uh, and here's what he had to say. And I scratched my head a little bit, Chris, because he said he was yesterday. He was on yesterday, of course. And he said, attending gatherings of 40 or more people is not safe for vaccinated people, even those with the booster shot. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's strange. You can't attend. So if you if Chris, if you invite thirty seven of your relatives, or I can't do math very well, <laughs> you end up with thirty nine in your house. No problem, uh, no problem. Just make sure you test them before they come in. But in all seriousness, uh, you know what this means. And he says this at the same time. He says, go get your vax, go get your booster. 
So on the one hand, and this is why I think hopefully he's starting to lose credibility, Chris, is that on the one hand, he basically, essentially what he's saying is the vaccine doesn't work. If you can't go to gatherings, even if you're boosted, the vaccine is not working. Um, but on the, he says that on the one hand, but on the other hand, he says, go get it. I think even people who are have been inducted into the COVID cult uh, are starting to wake up. And a lot of people, and we should welcome these people that may have gone for the propaganda at first, and now maybe they're a little bit ashamed. Uh, they're waking up, Chris, and they're saying, something about this doesn't make sense. And I think that's why, um, and I'll just finish with this in this segment, uh, Chris, that's why Biden, in his big address on Tuesday night, it was a, basically a nothing burger. The only thing he said is, okay, guys, I'm going to give you 500 million free test kits. Right? Okay, thanks. That's just more corporate welfare is what it is. So uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, Chris, but to me, uh, you know, I, I feel a little jubilant that the South African news uh, is good. However, I don't hesitate for a moment in thinking that they will continue to misrepresent it here in the U.S., and in Europe and Australia and elsewhere. No, that's right, Daniel. And, you know, South Africa was only useful at the beginning to get the fear going. Now, you know, you can safely ignore anything that comes out of South Africa. And what's coming out of South Africa is they're saying, hey, what are all you doing? Even the doctor that uh, discovered Omicron is, is wondering, you know, what's going on? But Politicians in the U.S. are ratcheting up the tyranny again. The sports leagues are stopping games, even though they're all fully vaccinated and getting COVID again. And, you know, when they do these things, when the corporations and the leagues do these things, it scares a decent amount of people, you know. And this is a great insight, and Daniel brought it up, on how politicians think. They have an agenda. They look for any kind of spark to come from anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's from the United States or anywhere in the world that could come from South Africa. And once they have that spark, they just ram through their agenda if there's enough fear and they generate enough fear because they have all the arms of propaganda. And, uh, you know, the truth about that initial spark, South Africa, becomes irrelevant anymore. You you ignore this spark. Once you have the uh, the fear agenda rolling and people are scared and getting tested and waiting in line, I saw eight hours, some people are waiting in line to test themselves. They're not even sick. Uh, it's absolutely amazing, but this is human nature. They know how to manipulate human nature. And, you know, no matter what comes out of South Africa, What's coming from our politicians is get in your home, don't have this many people, shut people out who are unvaccinated, and put your mask on. And, <laughs> you know, it's not 2020 and not 2019. A lot of people have woken up, but there are still a decent amount of people that are still afraid. Yep, you're right, Chris. So what do you have on the menu here? Yeah, next, uh, actually, we'll cover one of our own illustrious cities. Here's a headline that I saw from The Hill. It says, New York governor plans to add booster shot to definition of fully vaccinated. So basically what we're learning and what we predicted, uh, what many, many people predicted is fully vaccinated really has no meaning. It's arbitrary. It's whatever they say it means uh, depending on the day. And the fact that this headline says New York governor plans, you know, this is up to the governor now 
to decide what fully vaccinated means. I mean, they can add and subtract at will based on, and we know all they think about is politics. So are politicians going to now run for office saying, I'll define fully vaccinated as two shots and two boosters. And their competitor will say, well, I'll do one better than him, even better. You know, that's tyranny. I'll define it as two shots and one booster, and I'll give you your freedoms back. I mean, is that the world that we're moving in where governors can decide the meaning of fully vaccinated? I mean, and this, you know, so-called meaning depends what types of freedoms you have, what, what businesses and restaurants you can go into based on this arbitrary definition. So look at the mess that this 15 days has caused. Look at the Pandora's box that it has opened, and it's just mushrooming into all these different forms of tyranny. So it, you know, the lesson remains the same, and it's an ancient lesson. You cannot give people in power a single inch, because once you give them that inch, they will take it all from you. And uh, you know, we have a big hole to dig ourselves out of, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, this is one time where hopefully. Uh, ultimately, the market will out, you know, the market will work, these restaurants will go broke. Uh, and that'll be a good thing. Let let New York turn into a hellhole, let it turn into, you know, one massive sinkhole, and let Florida prosper in places that experiment with some freedom prosper. Uh, you know, you're already seeing people moving. I saw Dave Rubin move to Florida for good from California. Uh, and a lot of people are doing that. So uh, ultimately, the market will out. But, you know, you, you raise a good point because and there was a piece on the Brownstone Institute that I glanced through and I haven't read the whole thing. But it, it makes the important point that all of these petty dictators across the U.S. are using this emergency powers that they've been given because they declared a pandemic to enact all of these, as you say, almost arbitrary rules. You know, two shots and a chaser, you know, are now are now what you need. Um, but it's it's very serious, and I'm I'm not a I've never been super enamored with the legislative process just because uh, it's usually uh, it's usually counterproductive. But I almost think in this case, Chris, that uh, cities, municipalities, localities, states, counties, there need to be people to to be elected and to overturn these emergency powers rules. Uh, you know, we had one in Texas that was abused by our governor. Um, you, they need to be they need to be dealt with. They need to be overturned. Uh, and if the legislative process is what it takes to have that happen, then I think it's probably a decent thing for people to put their time and effort in. Uh, and again, as 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 we say, as Dr. Paul says, there's a lot better of a chance of getting in at your city council and saying, hey, we, we're going to elect three or four people and we're going to overturn. You, you mayor, you don't have the, you can't close the donut shop. You know, what is your problem? So, you know, there might be something, there might be some positive fallout with this, uh, but, who, but who knows about that? So I'm going to move on to, to my uh, second one, uh, Chris. Mm -hmm. And it's just a quick, it's just a quick thing. And I don't have all the answers, A, and B, I'm not an attorney. So, um, but I have noticed that uh, Alex Berenson, who, you know, we followed Chris from the very beginning, mm. uh, he really was a lifeline for a lot of people because uh, he was concise. Uh, he was he was an actual reporter rather than a propagandist. 
And from the very beginning, you know, he coined the term virus gun a virus. And that's exactly what the virus has done. Um, and he was uh, kicked off of Twitter, as, as most of our viewers know. He was kicked off of Twitter uh, a few months ago for saying something that is objectively true now, which is that the vaccines do not act like vaccines. At best, they are simply a, um, uh, they simply mitigate some of the stronger symptoms of the, of the virus, which is absolutely true right now. Um, anyway, he's filed a lawsuit against Twitter for kicking him off permanently. And again, I don't understand all of the details. He makes a lot of uh, a lot about uh, in in the in the lawsuit about Section 230 of the Telecommunications Act, and also a California law regarding common carrier, making the argument that that under California law, Twitter is a common carrier, as 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 is the mail, as is the uh, telephone service. But a couple of things struck me, and I don't know how this will go. But a couple of things struck me about the lawsuit uh, that I hope come out more. And the first, um, he's accusing Twitter of violating the First Amendment. That's slightly problematic. Uh, but he uh, uh, accuses in the lawsuit that he was assured by Twitter executives uh, that he would be not punished for speaking freely. It's a free speech platform. Uh, don't worry, you're not going to be punished. Um, and he was. And so that raises some interesting breach of contract. If there was even an implied contract, again, I'm not a lawyer, but it sounds like that. The interesting thing about, and Berenson wrote about this himself uh, in, an, in, in something he put out yesterday, the interesting thing about this crackdown after he was assured there would not be a crackdown is it came just a couple of days after the Biden administration and Biden himself said we are going to crack down on COVID misinformation in the social media. And boom, Berenson was the first one on the chopping block. Yeah. So the other thing that the lawsuit claims is that uh, Twitter acted on behalf of the Biden administration to cancel him, to ban him. He says he has evidence of that. And that, I think, is another issue of interest, Chris, because if you have a so-called private company acting as a government agent in denying someone their First Amendment rights, uh, it muddies the waters a little bit, especially a lot of libertarians will still say, well, it, it's, their, it's their company, they can do what they want. Mm -hmm. I think it becomes more complicated when the company is acting as an agent of the government. If Biden says, Berenson needs to be off, and Twitter says, okay. So I don't know what your thoughts are about this, Chris, but I, I'm following it closely, and it's interesting, as you know, Chris, I was banned for life from Twitter for, for an absolutely minor, minor infraction that happens every day and much, much worse on Twitter. You can encourage people to kill Rand Paul, but you can't say that Sean Hannity is a, is a, is a, is a dummy using a different word. So anyway, Chris, back to you. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, you, your case is a perfect example of the slippery slope of censorship once it gets started. And I do recommend uh, don't miss a beat with Alex Berenson. He publishes every day on uh, sometimes multiple times a day on Substack. So go there. You can uh, for free get uh, it'll get emailed to your inbox. So I mean, he is a fantastic reporter when it comes to COVID. Um, you know, Twitter is is 
turned out to be a big disappointment. I started Twitter towards the very beginning, uh, back in 2007, which wow. in internet years is a <laughs> lifetime ago. Um, and back then, I remember people, the conversations back then is, oh, what are we going to use this for? And people were taking what they're eating and, you know, trying to figure out almost like the marketplace, how, how it works. You try to figure out what works. And for years, it really, really was an amazing way to broadcast and communicate with other people. But then once the censorship came, and I remember thinking, boy, they're going to ruin this business because once you go down this road, you have to censor people who tell the truth. And that's exactly what they have done. They have censored Berenson, who has told the truth. They've censored doctors and nurses. Anything that goes against the government narrative, they're now censoring all the way up to the president of the United States himself. Who on earth would have ever thought that such a thing could ever happen in this country, that the president would be censored in his own country? But such is the, the road of censorship. And, you know, unfortunately, they, they can't let anybody back. They can't, uh, I mean, they can, but they don't and they won't. And it just further harms their business. They're now trapped in this censorship, uh, you know, uh, box that they've put themselves in. And, uh, fortunately, once they do that, they, you know, uh, actual free speech platforms have cropped up they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger when you look at their alexa rankings more people go to them so twitter you know but it's like you mentioned with this uh, cronyism it's not a private entity kind of like uh, the federal reserve you know people call mm. it private it's uh, they become arms of the state because it's a loophole it's in the Constitution that the government can't print money. So what's their loophole? We'll have this private so-called entity do it for us. There, we're not breaking the Constitution. So <laughs> government can't censor people. Well, governments, you know, they're like, we're not censoring anyone. Twitter is. Facebook yeah. is. So that's their loophole. It's not, you know, many libertarians have it wrong. Oh, it's a private company. They can do what they want. Yes, if in a free market, this is this is different. This is their, you know, this is a government pseudo uh, entity, and you know, it's a shame because uh, Twitter is on a road to ruin unless miraculously somebody comes in and uh, uh, cleans house and says we're not doing this anymore. But on this road that they're on, uh, other people are going to end up eating their lunch. Yeah, good point, Chris. All right, Daniel, I'm going to finish up with my last story, and it's, again, from another city. We're going to go from New York to Chicago. And boy, did uh, Mayor Lightfoot really light up Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to quote her and put this tweet on the screen because it is something else. She says, to put it simply, if you have been living vaccine-free, your time is up. If you wish to live life as with the ease to do things you love, you must be vaxxed. This health order may pose an inconvenience to the unvaccinated. And in fact, it is inconvenient by design. I mean, usually, Daniel, politicians are wolves in sheep's clothing. They will butter you up. They will appeal to your good nature to trick you, to deceive you, and then they'll stick it to you. Well, Mayor Lightfoot is extremely blunt. 
She is not, uh, you know, putting on the sheep's clothing. Uh, she's decided, uh, you know, what goes into your body. And if she decides uh, more of it has to go or something else, then that's it. Uh, if you, f- you refuse, quote, your time is up. <laughs> so government will remove your ability to live freely in that city. Again, assuming the people of Chicago go for this, uh, t- you know, they will remove your ability to do the things you love. And this tyranny is by design. I mean, Daniel, <laughs> we don't even have to give the other side of this. It is so in your face and obvious. What are your thoughts? I mean, Hitler literally could have said that, you know, Jews of Germany, your time is up. And it literally, I mean, it literally sounds like something that could come out of, out of Hitler's mouth. Uh, you know, hopefully everyone leaves Chicago. It sounds like a hellhole anyway. Let Mayor Lightfoot and her buddies uh, take it over and leave. I mean, it's just... It's so absurd and so over top. And we even know now from all the experts that whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated doesn't seem to make a difference. You know, the last point I would make about this is there are about 40% more deaths in 21 mm-hmm. with the vaccine than there were in 20 without the vaccine. So if it's all Lightfoot was saying, there'd be a huge difference uh, in deaths with this virus, and there, there isn't. So... Anyway, if we're if we're done, Chris, I'm going to close out. That's right, Daniel. Go ahead. And I just want to tell our viewers, well, thank you, of course, mm-hmm. for watching Chris and I uh, chew on the news a little bit. But I do want to say tomorrow is going to be a very special day on the Liberty Report. Uh, there is going to be a, a Paul family Christmas. There's going to be some special guests on the show tomorrow. Uh, you won't want to miss it. Uh, it'll be something very different and very fun. So don't forget to tune in tomorrow to the Ron Paul Liberty Report. And thanks for tuning in today to watch me and Chris. Have a great day.